listening to Dead End Road TV. This is the Dead End Road Show. It's Bill and Ian here. Uh, back again with another... There's Crypto is happening all the time, and it's bad, and it sucks. How do we start this? <laughs> it's it's okay. up to you. Um, so I have been... Um, I don't want to say actively, because that makes me sound like crazier than I actually am. Um, I have been... Um, keeping my eye on um author brett easton ellis uh famous for uh american psycho uh, i've been keeping an eye on his twitter profile because i follow him on twitter um uh it it's it's tough to say he he was one of my favorite writers um past tense past tense yes um, like, here's the thing, like, Lunar Park is, like, one of my favorite books. It's, like, easily top five, maybe top three. Like, okay. that book, that book fucking destroyed me. Um, but he, he got into some weird shit. He does, he's into some far-right nonsense now. Um... So it's 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 hard to say that he's like, you know, a favorite writer now. Sure. Um, yeah. Did I if I told you um the circumstances under which I read a Brett Easton's book? N no, didn't you didn't you do something in high school? Didn't you have to read American Psycho in high school or something? I didn't have to. Um but oh. I did. I did. It was a uh, senior year. Um Towards the end of the school year, we had to choose a book, any book, to do like a final report on. Like it was a whole project. It had multiple stages. It was a, a big thing, like over the course of a couple of months, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I chose American Psycho. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know why I did, but I did. And I read it then. And I did really like it. Um, I, my, I can't imagine what my teacher was thinking, uh, but, um, yeah, that's the only Easton Ellis book I read and it was to do a, a final report during, uh, senior year of high school. Yeah. That, yeah. Um, if I could go back, it's probably not the choice I would have made, but sure. I'm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I really like the way that he writes in that affectless way where like all the characters act and talk like they don't give a shit yes. but then reveal their like actually deeply rooted you know neuroses and then trauma is like I, I, I it's like fucking catnip for me mm -hmm. um but yeah now he's he got into some weird shit um he he courts with just like some really dumb far right people um he's got a podcast where he like just kind of rambles about movies and shit um and isn't he doing one now where he's writing a book and he's like doing readings of this unfinished book like chapter by chapter yeah yeah on his on his podcast um 
like but it's 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 a patreon podcast and so that's like the only way to access it right um yeah because 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 he's convinced that it wouldn't be published or some some nonsense like that um it's like dude you were like penguin random house published like all of your books (laughs) yeah i can't imagine he would have a difficult time yeah it's it's like he it's like he wants to be canceled but like nobody will <laughs> like there's yeah. no reason to like he hasn't done anything like right um so he yeah he's just just into like some weird shit um so i started noticing like his tweets were getting really bizarre um and they were getting more and more um self promote which is like you know like authors have to do that like i i trust me i understand that sure. but for an author of his like um standing it was it was kind of weird it's like okay um then they kept retweeting an account that was called uh brett's assistant and it's like okay so he he's got an assistant all right so then i look into that and um so it turns out that the assistant is his long-term boyfriend, um, which you know on the surface, like okay, he, that that fine, whatever. Yeah. Um, uh, boyfriend is a guy named Todd Michael Schultz, and that's not like doxing or anything. He puts his name on everything. He even signs his tweets that way sometimes. Um, <laughs> and it's a it's a it's a very uh, particular name especially if he's like plastering it everywhere so he's like branding his own tweets um it's just very weird he seems to be a strange individual um because sometimes he will just take over the Easton Ellis account and tweet as though he's Brett Easton Ellis Mm mm-hmm even though he has his Brett's assistant account too. Yes. And so then he will like interact with fans and even like other writers that are like people that Brett has interacted with. Like he was he was he was in an exchange with um one of the cover designers for one of the books. And I don't think that the person that he was talking to understood that he was not actually talking to Brett Easton Ellis. He was talking to his assistant slash boyfriend that was on the account. Right. And these are happening publicly, like tweeted out publicly. Yeah. Yeah. He's like retweeting it because he like quote treated. He's like, this is the guy that uh, did the design for Glamorama or something like that. Like. It's just very bizarre. Yeah. Um, And then he will like start getting into fights with people because people are because some people are like, this is kind of strange that you're doing this and then he'll just go like on bizarre tirades on both the brett easton ellis account and the brett's assistant account at the same time (laughs) it's like very manic and it's 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 so it's so strange um and and so then at this like i at the same time he's like I don't know how to describe it other than him like 
cooking up schemes. <laughs> like I don't I don't know how else to put it. Um where all of a sudden like this this assist this assistant seems to be um starting a publishing company under Brett Easton Ellis's name. Wow. Um and under his nose. <laughs> I don't maybe potentially I have no idea I because yeah so he's then he's like going to start publishing books and about how like this is like he's going off about how the virtue like the virtues of print books basically and how great it is um and how he's publishing the best version of um the great gatsby that the world has ever seen really because all because literally like in january the great gatsby hit the public domain yes so, so it's it's free like anybody can publish it right but do we know what makes this one the greatest uh no the fact that he's doing it um, so, okay. so, so people were asking, so like, okay, is like, is, is Brett writing a forward or something? Or like, is it like annotated? Cause, cause apparently the thing was that, oh yeah, this is Brett's favorite, like one of his favorite books. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh cool. Like, yeah, is he writing a forward? Is he, you know, contributing any material to this? Uh, he's like, no, just the book. No, no <laughs> fat, no fat on this or something like that. And it's like, what, why would, What? And then he was making a big deal that he um, designed the cover uh, for it. Um, and not Brett, not Brett Stanellis, the, the the assistant. Yes. Um, and it <laughs> it was literally um, a, f- a stock photo of a red car, and then he just typed like typed in some really shitty looking cursive script font that he found great gatsby like in black on the red car and it looked it looked dreadful it was a, it was a terrible cover well you could say it's like minimalist you know because he's going for no fat he doesn't want no anything f- extra no fat whatsoever yeah. um so that was one scheme i don't actually know if he ended up even publishing that he was taking pre-orders or some nonsense um so then he was like hawking um, Brett Easton Ellis memorabilia, like first editions and shit like that. Um, he was selling bookmarks for like thirty dollars that were literally just like, like cardboard, you know, like like bookmark paper bookmarks. Um, no fat like, on the bookmarks, right? No fat on the bookmarks. I don't. I don't even think the bookmarks themselves were signed. Um, he was signing like signed copies of books or whatever. Um, like first editions I get, you know, that is whatever. Um, but it seems like, like if, if you didn't know any better, like, like it seems like the plot to like a shitty movie where like Brett Easton Ellis is dead and this guy's <laughs> like keeping up the facade as if like he's still alive and he's just like selling out all the shit in his apartment. Yeah. 
but he's not he's not trying to impersonate him though right because he's he's openly like admitting that it's it's him and not brett that's that's doing these uh these posts not every time oh not every time oh that's not right because he was talking to he's talking to uh right to like publishers and stuff yeah sometimes he signs the tweets brett's assistant or sometimes he assigns he signs it todd michael schultz but other times he doesn't and so if somebody's just scrolling or whatever or they don't you know like dive into this like uh, the psychopath that i am uh they might just think it's brady stadellis yeah you wouldn't know the difference yeah um so then he was like trying to sell like i don't know promotional posters from like american psycho and things like that um and he wanted crypto for it <laughs> Okay. And just and just weird just weird stuff, um. And yeah, and he wanted it sent to to the assistant, you know, like his his personal crypto wallets and just like weird things like that. And then all of a sudden, he has like Brett talking about the virtues of specific cryptocurrency, um. Trying just, to to bring up the value. No, not even not even not even um. Just, just talking like crypto in general, and just like, just like things like that. Um, okay, yeah, because I don't know if Brett Easton Ellis's like uh, endorsement would would bring up the value of a cryptocurrency. I don't think so either. Um, <laughs> but no, he was like talking about like big ones, like Ethereum. These weren't like these shit coins that like people are trying to do. Okay. Um, he was like trying to talk about like Cardano and like Ethereum, and, like 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 some of the major coins. Um, sure. So, like, he was talking about blockchain and crypto in general, too. Not even just, like, um, like, hey, this is going to the moon kind of shit. Um, so, so then he was doing that. Um, so then, <laughs> this is going on. So, it was quiet for a while. And, like, maybe, like, a month. It was quiet. Um, but don't worry, because you are still on the story. I'm I'm still on the story. I've been holding this shit. I've been I've been watching. So it was quiet for like a month. Then this week, all of a sudden, uh, Brett Easton Ellis is out here promoting uh, American Psycho NFTs. <laughs> oh no. And um. So so since you since you read the book in high school, um, and you probably saw the movie as well, right? I've seen like half of the movie. Okay. Maybe about well, 7 years ago. So you 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 uh, you remember the 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 business card scene, right? Um yeah, vaguely, but yes. Okay. So they're selling like Paul Allen's business card NFT. Oh, this is where they're all like comparing the um design of their cards, right? Yes. Yes, yes. exactly. Okay. Yes. Very famous scene. Uh, it's, you know, a lot of people that have never seen the movie know that scene. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah, he's selling NFTs of the business card. And of course the joke of the scene is that it's literally a fucking white business card. Yes. And they're all comparing the differences in the whiteness of the business card mm -hmm. 
and you know the texture of it and all this shit and without irony Brett's assistant is selling non-fungible tokens of the business cards for for fucking crypto to make a buck do we know how many of these have sold i i have no goddamn idea um but yeah that is wild <laughs> let me see so yeah so how does this is, is there a business card for each character that's mentioned um Okay, it's actually an auction, I think. Ah. Because it says four days left on this tweet. This is Paul Allen business card NFT. First of the officially licensed American Psycho NFTs and collaborated in partnership with Brett Easton Ellis. Supposedly. Winner of the auction will be entitled to redeem an autographed first edition of the acclaimed American Psycho. Oh, you also get the novel. Oh, boy. Also included are unlockable HD files and bonus production renders. There are two bids, it looks like. <laughs> uh, one, uh, one Ethereum is the first bid, and then somebody bid again 1.05 Ethereum, which is... Do, yeah, do we know how that translates? Not off the top of my head. I have to look it up. Uh... One thousand nine hundred, or yeah, one thousand nine hundred thirty-five dollars is about one Ethereum. So it's that about, is actually higher than grand. I would have guessed. Yeah, it's, so it's like two grand, which is wild. For so I don't actually know what this NFT is. If this is, because on this page it's literally like a GIF of a spinning business card, like a three mm D. -hmm. So I don't know if the NFT is like the GIF of the business card or <laughs> what? Yeah, I don't know what else it could be, right? Yeah, or if it's the like a J like I don't it doesn't say like it just says you get HD files. Like what are the f you don't even know what the files are. Yeah. That's hilarious. 10% of sales will go to the creator. They're doing this for 10% of this. What is the rest go to? Uh, this uh, website, Rarible, which is the NFT. Wait, it's like a marketplace? Yeah. And this so, marketplace takes 90%? Supposedly, yeah. Whoa. That's I guess hilarious. I don't know enough about how the market works <laughs> for fucking, NFTs. That's that's, seems, that seems wild. That's fucking hilarious. Wow. Because the whole the whole the whole the whole selling point of the NFTs was that, like, and, and of course it was total bullshit. But like, it was like, oh, this is going to be so great for artists, yes, uh, <laughs> because they could sell actual ownership of their work. And it's like, okay, we'll give them ten percent of what they made. I mean, I That's guess you technically, hilarious. and I'm not, I'm not defending NFTs, uh, so I hope it, it doesn't get construed that way. But like, you could technically make one on your own, right? If you have the know how, and you could just sell it that way and not have to uh, deal with sure but you have to pay to get it minted in quotes oh. which means that you need to uh pay to uh put it on the blockchain in order for it to um be turned into a token i see 
so these these third parties like this rareable um and we'll see another one later actually um they're the middleman that will mint it and put it on so uh, i assume since they're being like um the bids are in ethereum this will be on the ethereum blockchain which will it'll get a cryptographic um token mm -hmm. uh the ownership token um will be on the ethereum blockchain uh they're the one that's handling the minting um and so i assume that is where some of that 90 percent is going and the other part of that is uh, what this rareable is just pocketing mm -hmm. um it's it's ridiculous it is so funny it really is um so how much would you pay for like if 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 you were going to buy an NFT business card from American Psycho, how much would you be willing to pay? Um like what's a reasonable asking price? Two bucks. Two bucks, yeah, that, that's about right. Yeah. <laughs> like like come on. Like the it's it's literally like maybe a gif, maybe a JPEG of a plain white business card. Like what it's weird it's weird when you have something that is satire, right? Yeah. And you turn it into like an actual product that people are spending a lot of money on. It's like it's almost like they're not in on the joke. Right. It's, who it's, is it, the joke on there? Like, you know? It's lost all irony. Yes, it has. It's completely it's completely like borked. It's like it's the whole point of American Psycho and that scene especially is like that scene epitomizes it. How how he wants to kill him over the fact that his business card like oh the soft the off white the the subtle softness of it like all that shit that he's saying all their business cards look identical and they're mm -hmm. all these white men that have slick black hair back hair that are all the fucking same they're all the same person. That's the yeah, joke. So so it's like, who are you if you're buying this NFT? <laughs> right. Like, what? Now, do we think that Brett himself knows what an NFT is? Or do you think maybe his assistant cooked up this idea and Brett no, was just like, I, yeah, do whatever? I bet it's totally the assistant. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he has no idea. Um, maybe yeah. he does, like, because I don't know what the fuck he's doing anymore. Um, like, I'm not, I'm not going to absolve him of any... <laughs> innocence i but i wouldn't be surprised if he has no idea right um right. because yeah because like i thought the line was is that like he hated the movie you know mm -hmm. um even though it was basically the same as his, his book it, it, it only changed like the ending slightly um so like yeah yeah like i <laughs> it's it's so bizarre um i I just think it's funny that like I was watching this for a long time and then it it kicks back up this week with some NFT bullshit. Um, yeah, it's good timing for us. It really is. Um, I, I just, like it won't even tell you you're going to spend $2,000 on this thing and it won't even tell you like is it a, what are you getting? What are you getting the GIF? Are you getting? It doesn't tell you. Yeah. And that's $2,000 right now. Like you said, there's still a few days left on this auction, right? Yeah. So next week we'll have to do a follow up and see how much this, this actually ended up selling for. 
Definitely. Because I'll be Definitely. curious. Oh, wait. The creator says Devastating Dave. Who's Devastating Dave? Oh, oh, okay. So they hired this dude to make it. This is the easiest gig he ever got. Jesus yeah, right. Christ. <laughs> He's laughing. He, he has made a bunch of what look like, um, you know, Fushigi balls? Um, I don't, but. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're basically like these stupid orbs that like magicians will do tricks with, like with their hands. They just kind of okay. roll and shit. Um, he's made those and then put them in like um, little plastic packaging that like you would hang up in a store. These are like 3D renders. Of the but like he's saying they're planets, mm -hmm. and that's an NFT. Great. It just looks like it just looks like a little toy you would see in like the dollar store. Yeah, like hung up on a shelf. Like it has it even has the slot for where it would be hung up on a shelf. I don't understand. Well, it's exclusive. Why would, it's exclusive. Why would anybody? Why would anybody buy this? And they're all like spinning and rotating these 3D renders. So I don't understand if you get the, do you get the GIF or do you get the 3D render? I don't understand. Yeah. You can make a nice screensaver out of it. That's what they look like. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Windows 2000 ass. 3D renders. Okay. All right. So then, so that's Brett Easton Ellis and what's been going on. With his assistant slash long-term boyfriend. Um, I wish them well. I wish they would stop courting the alt-right. Uh, yeah, that would be great. <laughs> to jump off of that, uh, yeah. that ship. Yeah. Um, so, speaking of NFTs, um, <laughs> you know what else came out this week? To, uh, to theaters and uh, streaming now on HBO Max. I mean, I'm going to queue it up right after we're done uh, recording here. You know what? I'm going to queue up. <laughs> Everybody get up. It's time to slam now. Oh, yeah. Now, hopefully that won't get um, copyright struck. Um, so the Space Jam theme is... Uh, that's in the public domain, right? Um, it could be. Let's hope so. Um, so, <laughs> Space Jam 2, starring one LeBron James, came out this week. Or it's coming out this week? I don't know if it's actually... It's out the today, reviews came actually. out. It's out today? Mm -hmm. um, well, the reviews came out earlier this week. Uh, turns out it's really bad. Who would have thought? Yeah, it's um, like all the, all the reviews say that it's just nothing but advertising for Warner. Yes, yes. Which is what you said it would be, like you called that. Based on based on the commercial, you know, yeah, the, based on the commercial for the commercials, um, yeah, they're just making reference to Warner properties, like everybody's favorite children's movie, The Matrix. Yeah. Um, and apparently, just and Game of Thrones and Harry Potter, you know, things that are super popular and in right now. Um, but none of those <laughs> things take place in space, though. Uh, no, it's cyberspace now, don't you see? Oh, 
Oh, um, got it, got it. The plot okay. is that they're they're in the Warner Brothers server. It's it's really bad. It's really bad. It's really bad. Will they install some ransomware or something? Um, the the bad guy's name is Algy Rhythm. Okay. Played by Don Cheadle. Um, Great. Because uh, apparently uh, LeBron James' fictional son doesn't want to play basketball. He wants to make basketball video games. And so LeBron James needs to beat his ass at basketball to tell him why that's bad or something. Wait, basketball video games are bad? Uh, In comparison to real basketball or something? Okay. Well, maybe it's just because Warner doesn't have the rights to NBA 2K. Probably not. Like, um, if they did, it would be a whole different story. Yeah, so so LeBron James has to go through a Ready Player One-esque adventure and collect all the, the Looney Tunes who are, have been scattered across the Warnerverse. To, he has to assemble the team Mass Effect 2 style um, in order to Why beat his son's ass at basketball. So what I don't understand, no disrespect to LeBron James, he is an absolute legend and everything, but like, yeah. if we're incorporating all of Warner's stuff, why couldn't Batman take on this job? Um, he might, he's probably in it. I think he's they do, go, I think, I think, I think DC shit has to show up, right? You would think so. That's like one of their big things. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but yeah, it, 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 it does sound, yeah. Um, who was the Bat Family character that was like the tech Batman? Um, yes, I don't know the name, but I know who you're talking about. I always forgot his name too, but then he would show up and I'm like, oh yeah, it's that one. Who, wh- which one is he again? I want to say Luke something or yeah maybe? yeah but what was his what was his bat name oh that I don't know I could never remember they would really, just show bat up wing was it May, yeah yeah it might be bat wing he had the yeah. he got the short end of the deal he Definitely. didn't have the best yeah um so to uh promote and celebrate the release of Space Jam 2 Warner Brothers released uh, this says 30,000 it was actually 90,000 NFTs (laughs) to promote the movie Um, do we we know what these are? yes we do and they're dire they're basically (laughs) just trading cards of Bugs Bunny um Okay, so according to Variety, it's uh, Warner Brothers is tossing ninety-one thousand NFTs featuring characters. The number just keeps going up. I know, I know. Um, so these are basically just basketball cards of the Looney Tunes, and they gave them an artificial rarity. So like they gave them like, oh, this one's a common one, this one's a rare one, this one's an epic, and this one's a legendary. Um. But the only difference between the different rarities, other than their the artificial scarcity that they gave them, um, is just the the color of the border that they put around them. Otherwise, they're exactly the same. Like it's the same, like image of Bugs Bunny. Oh wow! It's it's just the fucking laziest shit. That is so low effort. It really is. Um, and so the website that they were using for this. Uh, called nifty which is uh, apparently a mark cuban venture because why the fuck not um whew. so you could get a free uh, space jam nft if you signed up for nifty uh like they're not even like hiding the fact that it's the same fucking image of bugs bunny 
<laughs> like you go to the site and that's what it is common uncommon rare epic and legendary and it's the they're same just, image of bugs bunny they're just, just side by side border. yeah literally just the border changes it's true it's the same um and actually if you want if you, i'm being real here the epic one which is uh lower looks better than the legendary which is there's only 10 of the legendaries available of the bugs bunny um now now um does this work like trading cards typically work where you buy like you don't know which rarity you're getting or can you can you purchase i believe i believe you just get a random one okay i see so they were given out a free one if you signed up for the site and if you tweeted about it you could get another free one or you could pay i think it was like 299 to get another like more of them um so at least these aren't ridiculously priced you know yeah yeah um they did sell out um but on the day that this article was posted which was the 12th uh there were lots available still (laughs) (laughs) um and so you can sell these i guess if anybody wants them but you can't do it for another uh 10 days and 20 hours Coming mm-hmm. soon, Nifty's users can buy and sell their Space Jam NFTs directly from their profile pages. And every Space Jam NFT for sale will be discoverable on the Space Jam profile page. So really, it's it's not about making money off the cards. It's just about getting people to, to sign up for Nifty. That's the main purpose of this whole thing. Yes, and to promote the movie. And to promote the film, yeah. Because it doesn't say like what blockchain these are on, if they're even on a blockchain, or if these are just fucking digital trading cards. Right. Um... Yeah. Just just bizarre stuff. Yeah, it feels like they're a little bit late to the party on this one. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> to say the least. Oh, yeah. It's like, who... I don't know. Who wants this? Like, what... What child wants a digital trading card? Like, I... If it's not tied to a video game, then it doesn't make sense. Right. Right. Like, there's nothing you can do with it. You just look at it. Something recognizable that you could take. Like, it's not Pokemon, where, right. like, the whole thing is the... Well, I don't know. I guess people care about the value of that now. Like, whatever those fucking rare pack openings or whatever the hell that is. I don't even understand that shit. Um, yeah. So, it's just a bizarre promotional stunt for... I don't get it. Yeah. So did you tweet out and get one for yourself? I'm no, I was too. Which, I was. I was too late. I was too got. late. I didn't. Uh, uh, I didn't get in. Bummer. Um. Yeah, I didn't get a common Bugs Bunny. Um. <laughs> I'm looking at the Nifty site now. Their homepage. Um. They're so, like these look like shitty phone wallpapers. But I guess they're selling. Oh, some of these are animated. And some of these are just like, I don't even know what the fuck this is. This one says, oh, these are meme. Oh, these are meme NFTs. Meme Grail Relic. It's a pineapple and sunglasses 
in a in a chalice that says meme grail. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't really even know how to interpret that. NFT details. I hit the button and it doesn't give me any. Okay, cool. All right, well, I guess I won't be buying the NFT of the pineapple. Does that have a price on it? No, I, I tried to click details and it won't give me any. <laughs> Best of meme. That's the playlist. That's the NFT playlist. Oh. What the fuck is any of this? What What is any of this? But then, yeah, there's some of these that just look like wallpaper. Like phone wallpaper. And you said this is Mark Cuban's uh, site? Yes. Yes. Yeah. LeBron James also came to, uh, to Fortnite this week. I, I heard. Yes, I heard about that. It was in one of those articles. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty cool skin. I didn't buy it though. Um, can you can you resell it later on for? Uh, no, unfortunately, you can't. How much does it devastate the environment in order to mint the skin? Uh, as far as I'm aware, not at all. Which is definitely mm, a plus. Mm. Definitely a plus. Mm -hmm. um, and you can actually um, use this skin while playing a video game, so it has you know a purpose. To oh, it. okay. Yeah. How novel. I know, right? <laughs> it is pretty cool, though, because, like, it comes with these um, these challenges, right? Mm -hmm. And, like, the, the more challenges that you complete while wearing the skin, you unlock, like, a scale. And the, the higher the scale goes up, the more gold is on this LeBron James skin. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. It's it's something that they haven't uh, they haven't done before this, the whole scale thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, while we are in the crypto space, we are in the crypto hole. We've been in it. Yeah. Um, let's just let's just ride it out. So, did you hear about this save the kids thing? Um, no. I was waiting for you to um, explain it. Okay. Okay. All right, this is a whole thing. All right. So, there was this uh, shit coin introduced called Save the Kids Coin. <laughs> it was a cryptocurrency where uh, every transaction, a percentage in tax would be taken and donated to um, charity. <laughs> it was something okay. like three. It was something like three percent, and then one percent would go to charity, and then two percent would go to um, the like mining fees or something. I was gonna so, say so far so good, but I don't know if I like those percentages. No, the percentage was absolute dog shit. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so in order to do the like, in order to pump up this coin. They um, got some influencers, um, and this is according to Insider. Influencers with millions of followers, I don't know any of these people, Summer Ray, Rice Gum, and members of the esports organization FaZe Clan excitedly backed the June 5th announcement of Save the Kids, or Save the Children, a new cryptocurrency. Um, so, the website is now offline you cannot go find Save the Kids. Um, if you like look for Save the Children or whatever, there is a Save the or Save the 
children an actual charity that was completely unrelated. So does this mean, does this mean, yeah. Well, I just, I was wondering if this means that they've successfully completed their mission in saving the children. Um, not quite, not quite. Not quite, um, okay. So even I'm getting it confused. So Save the Children is actually a real uh, charity oh, okay. <laughs> uh, in the in the UK that is completely un. They have nothing to do with this this cryptocurrency. They have they have nothing to do with any cryptocurrency. They're a, a real charity. Um, so it's Save the Kids is this stupid coin. In fact, they actually lifted the logo from Save the Children. They they stole it. It looks pretty much the same. Um. So, what happened with the Save the Kids coin was that it was a complete pump and dump. So, they got these influencers to promote the coin. They gave them the coin to promote it to their followers to get them to buy it. And then they immediately dumped it and sold it. And the price plummeted to nothing. Absolutely nothing. Mm -hmm. Um... So, like, on the day it was launched, it was worth, like, maybe a dollar per coin or something like that. And the very next day, it was worth f literally fractions of a penny uh, each. Um, and so, so they, anybody they, they, sold, they sold it when it was at its highest? Yes. yes. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, since there were, like, four members of the FaZe clan... A successful esports organization and influencer incubator. My God, just burn it all down. Um, has suspended four members involved with the cryptocurrency coin, um, with some online accusing the coin of being a scam. Um, okay, so the high was half a penny, and then it plummeted to sixty percent of that. So we're talking like minuscule fractions of a penny. Wow. Um. Now, are we are we assuming? Sorry, are we assuming that um, the Phase Clan members and the other like celebrities that endorse this that they didn't they weren't aware of the scam aspect of it? I'm assuming. Now, here's the thing. Okay. There, uh, there were a couple of other YouTubers that uh, went into. Uh, like research mode about this because this has become a very common trend uh where like people just develop all these shit coins with no intentions of actually like making them work as a currency they make them they find some influencers to promote the coin they pay them to promote the coin um so they pump it up and then they dump it it's a pump and dump scheme through and through Mm -hmm. um, it's the kind of shit that is illegal with stocks, but since crypto is not regulated yet, uh, it's technically maybe not illegal yet, but it probably kind of is illegal, um, because this was part of the reason why John McAfee was on the run. Uh, he had somewhat of a complaint against him from the Department of Justice, and in that complaint, uh they mention a crypto pump and dump that he was involved in. So the feds are at least aware of this shit. Yeah. 
so <laughs> um now the thing the thing with the cryptocurrencies is and uh the the youtubers that were looking into this um their their handles are um coffeezilla and some ordinary gamers they were looking into this and the thing with the the crypto is is that people people love to say that oh yeah it's anonymous and blah 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 um it's it's not the, the it's really not because the whole point of it is that it's on the blockchain which is a public ledger so you literally can see every single transaction so if you can identify what like who's like what wallet belongs to who you can trace every single one of their transactions because it's all public so that's what they did right so they followed all of their transactions with these phase clan members um because they were also doing giveaways for other crypto um and this phase k guy um he was doing other crypto pump and dumps and he was also doing crypto giveaways and oh every single giveaway that he was doing it was either won by his manager <laughs> or like other people that he knew like Brett so Easton Ellis's assistant right so they were uh completely illegitimate giveaways they were not giveaways at all it was a total fraud um so that guy was fired from the phase clan well that's good uh yeah and so they suspended a few others as well that were involved in the save the kids one um i don't think they've gotten rid of the manager yet but the manager has been doing this um getting these influencers involved in these pump and dumps for a while and like a lot of money is being thrown around like upwards of half a million dollars wow um just to just to promote these fucking things uh it's absolutely nuts yeah um, it's especially bad when it's under the disguise of charity oh yeah oh it's disgusting it's absolutely just, disgusting just awful and so this this phase this phase k uh came out with a minute-long statement uh titled the truth about save the kids um and he's he's uh actually we could listen to it but we don't need to um he's like oh yeah i lost money on this token and blah 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 um and that he's he's going to conduct an independent investigation, which, <laughs> which, <laughs> I don't think, <laughs> I don't, I don't think that's how that works. No, <laughs> I think you're kind of confused. Um, <laughs> uh, and uh, that there, there was some there was there was a a, a lone con man that uh convinced him and all of his friends to do this um but they didn't like how would they convince you to sell the coin like like i can understand being convinced to like get like get involved and promote this fucking thing but like they didn't tell like why would they tell you to sell the coin yeah because because there was also another guy who was 
given the coin to promote it and he didn't sell it at all he didn't he he did the pump but he didn't do the dump so he didn't mm -hmm. make any money on it so he was like absolved from the whole thing yeah um like i mean he, he still promoted it it was like it was kind of you know um but he didn't dump his coins so he's stuck with these shit coins um but it's like yes yeah, so like who is this the, there's no lone con man on the grassy knoll uh you know but yeah it's it's just wild shit and the thing is that there's like so many of these there's so many there's so many coins that are like you know i don't know they're, they're like all variations of moon coin and uh like doge rocket they just put doge or shiba or moon anything with space anything with that or they try to sneak Elon in there. Um, <laughs> and there are so, like, and they're just pumped and dumped. And they, the value tanks immediately, but they just find influencers to talk about them. Guys, this coin's really cool. It's going to the moon, blah, 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 blah. And they just dump it out. And uh, it's never heard from again. They shut down the websites. It disappears. And they're just rampant all over the place. And then there are other coins. There was another coin. Um, that they talk about in this one video about it. Uh, I think it also might be a charity coin. I don't know how legitimate it is. It's probably just as legitimate as the Save the Kids coin. It's called like Tits Coin or whatever. And it's supposed to be like breast cancer charity. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't really look into that one. It just reminded me of that like, you know that shitty um, pop punk stuff in the early 2000s, like the I Heart Boobies yes. bracelets. And it's yeah, supposed very, to be very like, reminiscent of that, yeah. It's supposed to be like, Oh no, it's not it's not really gross and misogynistic because it's supposed to be for breast cancer awareness. Mm -hmm. it's, it's like no, you just want to be gross. You just want the cover of it. So yeah, so like there's tits coin. Uh there was a milf coin. It's just like <laughs> just just like the dumbest shit. Um And yeah, they they just get pumped and dumped all over the place. Um And yeah, the feds the feds are getting close. They're going <laughs> to they're, they're getting close. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> hopefully they get a handle on it because it's. But yeah, like as far as like the the phase guys, like you have other streamers that aren't like they're just not related to this at all. But they're doing the research and they figured this out, and yet you didn't do any research. If we're supposed to believe right. that you were innocent, like come on, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be conducting an independent investigation to see that I didn't do anything wrong. It's like, oh yeah, that's, that's okay, hilarious. buddy. Okay, buddy. Sure. I'll be waiting <sighs> on those results. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like it's all public. It's all it's all there. Once you can identify what like who owns what wallet, you could see every single transaction. Yeah. And the way you can do that is that, like, since this was a supposed charity coin, um, they had to identify their master wallet. And so you could find out, like, they gave out the promotional coins to the influencers. So you could trace it from that and then right. to see what the influencers did with their coins. Right. Because they gave them all the same amount. So you could trace the amounts. It's actually really fascinating to see how you could trace it. Um but yeah, it's 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 all public, because they built the coin on, 
like the Ethereum blockchain, I think. So you could literally just search. It's all public. It's a public uh, ledger. So yeah, I'm I'm glad I uh, haven't gotten into cryptocurrency in any way. It's so fucking dumb. Yeah, it's so fucking dumb. I I got I tried it to start that uh, to write that article about it. Um. And it's it gets it gets dumber and dumber the more shit that comes out. And at the same time, like. I put in uh, $75 initially to, um, like, write that article and, like, experiment around. Um, and, like, the way I did it was, like, I did it almost like, you know, I considered it, like, entertainment money or, like, just gambling. I was like, oh, I, I this is lost money. This is, you know. Sure. Like, it's like I bought a video game or something. Like, I'm not, you know. Yeah. I'm going to fuck around. I'm going to write my write about my experience with crypto um and then it went nuts um so like when i when i wrote the end of the article which was like over like a three-month period or whatever i had made like three hundred (laughs) dollars um and so then i just kind of like stuck with it or whatever and i made like some trades um and then that's when shit blew up with like all the Elon Doge shit. Um, and it went as high as $900. Um, wow. And this so is you... this is without me putting in any additional like actual funds. So is this a thing where you can just like cash out? <sighs> kind of. Like you have to this is like um me like ugh. Saying that I have a portfolio sounds like the most the douchiest, the douchiest <laughs> shit. But um, like this is this is like I had some Bitcoin, some Ethereum, um, and you know a few other different coins. So like I, it was spread out. So if I wanted to cash out, I would basically need to trade it into um a specific coin, usually like Bitcoin or Ethereum, mm-hmm. and then trade it to an exchange. Uh, and then trade it for, you know, U.S. dollars. Um, the problem is that when you're doing, like, doing an exchange for one coin for another, there are fees associated. Like, that's where the mining, like, comes in. That's So there are mining fees with that. Yeah. Then whenever you trade it to an exchange, there are fees. Um, and then if I was to trade it to U.S. dollars, there would be fees. So like there'll be fees all along the way. So like that that money that nine hundred dollars would go down a lot. It would probably would have been like maybe eight hundred at best if I were to cash that out. Um, I should have cashed that out, but I was like it was like nine fifty, and I was like ah oh, maybe I'll like at a thousand dollars I'll you know I'll be I'll be done with this shit because that's a that's a nice chunk of change. Sure. Um, and then immediately after that. Uh, Elon pumped and dumped the market. <laughs> wow. Like immediately after that. That was whenever he did his whole um, uh, Bitcoin is now bad for the environment so I don't want anything to do with Bitcoin with Tesla. Um, and so that's when Bitcoin tanked and then he went on SNL and said that Doge is a scam. <laughs> uh, oh my goodness. And so then the whole market tanked. Um, so where so are you now, at now with it? Uh, it 
the market is like really unstable now. Um, ever since then. Um, so now I it, I'm at like the high end of three hundred. Like it's like three three ninety sometimes above four hundred. Um. So now now it's just more curiosity. I just like like look at it <laughs> and see. Yeah. Um. Because because the fees the fees have gotten so like ridiculously high. Um. Like if I were to try to like move my shit into Ethereum to like try to get it into cash, um, the fees are like so much higher now. Um, and I don't know why. I don't like know what the logic behind the fees are. Um I would I would lose like a lot. Like if I wanted to trade um like I have like a uh like maybe like a hundred dollars of like Bitcoin cash and if I wanted to turn that into Ethereum, it would turn into like seventy dollars worth like i would lose like a third yeah um, so I, like to me it's like kind of not worth it unless it's like a whole lot of money like not right. to give me like four hundred dollars is like that's a that's a good solid bit of money but it's like it's like all theoretical to me it's not like real yeah. money unless it's real money it's like all it's all monopoly shit it's like you know it's not yeah. real mm-hmm um so yeah, like every few days, I just like take a look at it, <laughs> just see what happens, cause like it it just goes up and down. So you you said that you're like you're spread out among like different ones, so it's almost like you've got a, a diversified uh, portfolio, which <laughs> yes. is, I know is like the rule number one in in making investments. So you're, you know, you're you're doing the right thing. It sounds like. I yeah, I guess I who the fuck knows? Who the yeah. fuck knows? It's all so stupid. Want to talk about Fear Street? Uh, sure, sure. So, have you have you seen this at all? I did. I watched it uh, last week. So, just the first one. Just the first one. Yeah. Okay, because um, uh, while we're recording this uh, today, the third installment comes out. Um, but yeah, just to set this up. This is a trilogy of um, slasher films on Netflix. And uh, they were produced at the same time and then released in a weekly format. Mm -hmm. um, the first one is called Fear Street Part 1, 1994. Uh, and so it's... I mean, I guess you could say that it's, it's taking a lot of inspiration from what slasher films were like during that era right because mm -hmm. i i got like a real scream vibe from this first movie oh yeah mm -hmm. and then so like the second movie is um part two is 1978 and it takes place at a summer camp um so it's like a friday the 13th type deal um but yeah i was just like so uh impressed with these with these movies um like, I do enjoy horror, but, like, the slasher subgenre has never really been my thing. Like, I've seen a handful of them, but it's never really grabbed me the same way that other types of horror do. Right. Um, but, yeah, I really liked this, this, first, this first film. Um, I mean, do you have anything to say about it? Because I, I took notes, so if you want to, like, give your impression of it. 
Uh, yeah, I had a lot of fun with it. Um, it's it's very much my shit. I yeah. am the '90s nostalgia, you know, freak. So like, the the heavy, 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 uh, music cues in the first half. Yes, was like so gratuitous, and I loved every second of it. There was like one every two minutes. It was great. It was like chorus into chorus of different songs. It was like creep into like garbage into, uh, yeah, it was, um, but then like after the first 40 minutes that just disappeared and I was like, why? It did. Yeah. But I feel like it made sense though, because then it was getting into like the heart of the conflict and the the whole thing so it it, it kind of switched tones a little bit like the, it made sense to do that while it was establishing characters and setting up the you know the mythology and the towns and all that um but then it, it gets serious right like about 45 minutes in yeah but i feel like you could have reached you know like deep into the 90s well and pulled out, you know, like some, I don't know, like lightning crashes or something. You know, like like you could you could have made it work. Yeah. Especially if you spaced it out, like you know. It's like um, it's, it feels like they used all of their licensing money in the first in the first yes. hour. Yes. Um. And part of the reason why I haven't watched um. 1978 yet is like eh, I don't care about that era like mm-hmm. you know um yeah. it doesn't it doesn't interest me it's like just on the cusp of the 80s where I'm like so burnt out on that shit and I've been burnt out on that shit for over 10 years already yeah me too um and it's like as much as I love like you know Friday the 13th and that kind of thing it's like I I don't know that the um that you know that era will um do anything for me. Yeah. Um and at the same time like the way that they set it up at the end of the first movie is like well the only thing that would keep me going is like it's it's part 2 but um I want to see what happens to those characters. I don't want to, you know, I don't really kind of give a shit about a new cast to be honest. Um, yeah. And like the whole the whole summer camp thing, like like wet hot American summer, like it 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 doesn't do much. Yeah, I mean, I had a similar reservation, um, but part two is really good. Is it? It's really good. Like it's just as good as the first part, um, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And and as an added bonus, it has Gillian Jacobs. Ah shit! So, god damn it. Yep. All right. And it does continue on with the um, the main characters in the beginning and in the back, like, 20 minutes. Okay. And the main characters will also carry over into the third movie in a very, very clever way, which I will not talk about. Okay. So, yeah. And and the, the story, the 70s story um, that takes up the bulk of it is heavily tied in, as you would expect. Um, mm-hmm. And it just like it, the way it lays out the mythology, like across movies, and it like builds the the kind of world that they're in is just it's it's really good. 
I'm just like mm-hmm. really impressed with that aspect of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like as for this first movie, I thought it was great. And, you know, like when you think about um, slashers, like the one thing that's really essential to slashers is having likable characters. Yeah. You know, like if you don't have likable characters, then what are you even like, what are you doing? Well, then you want to see him get cut up. Well, sure. But I would still prefer to be rooting for the characters. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then if they get cut up, then it lands harder. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, but, you yeah, know, that's to say, like, I felt like the characters in this first film were great. Well, yeah, no, that's well, that's actually an interesting point. Well, I think there was a shift uh, in slashers between, uh, you know, like uh, Jason and Freddy and Mike Myers being like, the, you know, this unspeakable evil um, and them being this terrorizing force and then them being the main character who you wanted to just see cut up a bunch of annoying teenagers. Yeah. Yeah. I think on on top of that, like these movies feel like, even though they are sort of capturing like the style, the older style of those like eras, the characters themselves are very modern. Yeah. Yeah. I think I read part of the AV club review and it was like, Oh yeah, these are the wokest Midwest teens in the nineties or something (laughs) like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if you think about it that way, it's almost like a little bit jarring. But like, I'd rather see that. I would rather see the representation. Sure. Um, I'd rather see like the queer story that's at the heart of this film. Um, And like in the second movie, there's a very um, effective like sibling story, too. So like they really carry over like the focus on characters in that film. Um, Yeah, like really good performances. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm just like, I was, I was really, I didn't see this coming. Like I heard R.L. Stein. I'm like, I heard Netflix. I'm like, oh, I don't know. But then I, then I watched it and I was like, for someone like, I don't, I'm not really invested in slashers. It's hard for me to really get into them. I was like counting down the days for the next movie, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. See, I guess maybe it helped me that I didn't hear rl stein until after i watched it okay (laughs) yeah so that probably helped i do have to nitpick like because it does it does feel anachronistic in that um like whenever the kid is on the computer it's like that is not how you used computers in 1994 oh with the um the aol messaging yeah was that not was like, that a bit later yeah oh a lot later like for for one thing um the the, the biggest thing was that they couldn't be on the phone at the same damn time yeah like <laughs> explicitly that was the that was the whole thing I mean, uh, I, I, apart from the the time issue there i did appreciate that sequence and even like the the title credits like the opening theme which is basically like the opening theme theme of a tv show but like it established so much mythology in that yeah at first i thought i was like oh are they just kind of giving away the whole game here like what yeah but really Um, it was just like saving time yeah yeah which was which was a smart move um but yeah like the other thing was like the way that that kid talked was like 
people online understand or like things like that um nobody would say that 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 was like that's like modern like jargon yeah um, like yeah. shoehorned into the um like they were all just like sort of fine with the idea of there being like an online community even though he was sort of like not the norm even in their group with that mm -hmm. they were all just sort of like accepting of that being uh, a thing that could be the case with him um rather than in 1994 that being super uncommon like and rare for there to be um one an internet connection uh yeah and two to you know um be talking with uh groups of people that you don't know in your own town it was just it was just slightly anachronistic and it sort of took me out of it mm -hmm. well um, i mean you have that you know that um you pay more attention to that because you like the era and you're looking for that yeah you're looking for yeah meanwhile if you look at something like pen 15 where they do it so frigging accurately mm -hmm. that it like hurts <laughs> and that that that's slightly later and they nail it mm -hmm. um because that's like early 2000s and like that they were so so fear street is like inserting late 90s early 2000s into a 1994 context um and it's like very jarring um because 1994 would be like um well like the apple II, like sort of shit just for just um, for reference and i don't know if this matters but um the director uh lee janiak who's who directed all three of the films um she's 41 so she was born in 1980 so she definitely would have been yeah a teenager during that like she would have been these characters age essentially yeah um during this where this film is set no i i i, I understand why they did it mm -hmm. it, it it's it's to move this you know it's got to be for the story to move the thing you know move things along yeah um and also to make things easier for um a modern teen audience to comprehend definitely um but for you know somebody of that era even though i like i was born i would have been one year old <laughs> like yeah I see i think <laughs> we've debated about this before um because you consider yourself like a 90s kid and i very much consider myself 2000s because when the year, the year 2000 hit i was six so six yeah. six to 16 like it doesn't get any more essential like childhood than that yeah like we've had that conversation before right i identify with the music of like that that in fear street like you know and uh like he, the kid was playing a fucking sega genesis mm -hmm. like <laughs> that that's the shit i grew up with and maybe like it was because um i had older cousins at the time and so that, like and that was the console my mom had okay you yeah know? that makes sense so like yeah Maybe that's just what happened. Yeah. Just because I was born in '93, but like, I don't know. I like, but even stuff in the later '90s that like that, that still feels more part of my identity than uh, anything else. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, because it carries over. Yeah. So, like, whenever that garbage song came on, I was like, oh, shit, this is, like, this is my, <laughs> this is my shit, you know? Like, um, I grew up in a household that adopted the internet very, very early. Um, like, my parents had computers before I was born. So, like, I know how, like, each trend, like, each iteration of the internet and technology happened. So, like, okay. I can, I can spot, like, whenever it, like, doesn't make sense. See, I didn't start using the internet until at least, like, 2000, 2001. Yeah, so, like, I was, I was, like, almost born with it, mm-hmm. um, in a way. Like we had a we had a computer room. Like that's you know Yeah. <laughs> um that that whole thing of like the he couldn't he couldn't be on AOL whenever his sister is taking a call. Like you just you you just couldn't. Like that like that <laughs> it's that's impossible. the thing. Was, yeah, you 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 couldn't. Um and I get why they need to do it, you know. Like in that scene he needs to be distracted and on the computer, but like it couldn't happen. Um, <laughs> and so, like, things like that do take me out of it. But, like, I still really appreciate, you know, this whole thing. Um, and I, I, it bugs the shit out of me whenever people, like, turn their noses up at 90s nostalgia. And I mention this, like, every, like, three episodes on this show. But, like, we were so fucking oversaturated with 80s nostalgia. And it still hasn't ended Right. Um, Wonder Woman. It's still going on. Yeah. Uh, and like we're still like drenched in neon, you know, bullshit mm-hmm. of the of the eighties. Um, and like the nineties still haven't gotten their like proper like due. Um, and you're kind of you're kind of only seeing it now, and people are like rushing to um like sweep it under the rug in a weird way or it's like ah oh, no we don't we don't need to we don't need to remember that like we don't need to and it's like well well why not why are you why, why is why is one you know nostalgic experience invalid like you're yeah. you're just now you're just now seeing um like you said like like this director is at the age where you know this would be nostalgic for her this was her experience yeah um so why why are we not allowed to revisit certain experiences but we have to stay stuck you know in 1985 yeah it's just it's just it's just odd it is odd it doesn't make sense i mean the only thing i could think of is that the people complaining are the people that grew up in the 80s and they just don't care right Um, yeah but um, yeah, I was also going to mention with this, uh, it's it's pretty brilliant how they decided to make and release these because, you know, any sort of successful horror franchise or even just horror movie that doesn't start as a franchise is going to get sequels. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're more often than not, like there are exceptions, but they're more often than not bad. Yeah. So when you set out to make three and you write for three and you have a 
cohesive story that you're telling across three movies, um, you're just like getting ahead of that, and it's it's great. Um, oh, definitely. And, and yeah. Having seen having seen where the second movie goes, and having seen where I believe the third movie is going, like they they nailed it. Um, and like the release format works for Netflix because it's you have like cliffhangers, and you have like uh, episode recaps at the start of the. The, you know the subsequent movies so it's like you can almost wait for these to come out and you can marathon them if you want to because that's how a mm-hmm. lot of people like to watch things so it just like it really makes sense um how they went about doing this yeah like even even in a best case like this is the kind of like like a slasher movie where they would basically come out yearly you know yes so best case you'd have to wait a year you know you have to wait yep. till next halloween definitely or halloween um so yeah it, it's it's really cool to see and i'm actually surprised they didn't hold this for halloween um yeah yeah now that you mentioned that that would have made sense but i think don't they have like uh stranger things coming out later this year probably oh probably yeah um, which who knows maybe that show will last long enough where they'll get into the 90s <laughs> but yeah th- 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 it was so much fun like watching this I think it got um a little a little long in the back half. Like you maybe yeah. could have cut out like 15 minutes. Um yeah, I mean I do think the second film um has better pacing than the first one did. Mm-hmm. I think they're about the same length, but the second one felt shorter to me. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I can definitely see that. Like the only the only nitpick I would have is that it, it did have a little bit of trouble like establishing the characters and the story like in the beginning. Like it wasn't fully I don't know, like just the way that it, it the first like 35, 40 minutes like what it did was it, it had a lot of things that were called back to later on like details and stuff but you while you're watching them you, you're kind of wondering what the point of this scene is you know yeah like yeah. like for example when the um the killer just like arrives in their living room and is like looking through a bag and then leaves <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah like, what what is this and it, you know it, it'll be answered by the end of the film but it just like it, it felt a little bit weird in the moment watching watching some some scenes like that. Well, I guess that kind of works because well, like light spoilers, but they think that it's like a teenager trying to fuck with them. Yeah, so it does have that angle to it. Um, but no, I know what you mean. Um, like like the part where uh they're hiding drugs in that uh like vent. Yes. You know. Um, mm-hmm things like that uh yeah um but yeah i'd be curious i'd be curious um if you do watch the second one like how what you think about it because uh, gillian like, jacobs sold me uh, yeah I'm a well sucker. she she plays yeah. the she plays the um and not to spoil anything but she plays the character that uh they call on the phone oh shit okay yeah. all right all right god damn Yep. <laughs> See, I thought I recognized that voice. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> I 
Well, I guess I know what I'm doing tonight. Yeah, it's worth it. It's a good time. Yeah. I wasn't like completely opposed. I was just like, I eh, late seventies uh, summer camp. You know, like. Hmm. I mean, I have no real affinity for it either. Like, I've yeah probably seen like Friday the Thirteenth at some point, but it's been so long. Right. You know. But like when it's it's character focused, and when it's character focused, then you can kind of like you know it's not relying on that. Exactly. Yeah. Because it's like yeah, they were using the most generic. Um, you know, killers, uh, imaginable in this, and it it doesn't matter, you know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Same thing for the second film. Um. Yeah. And it's like you know, when it leans on nostalgia or things from that era, it's doing it with a purpose. Mm-hmm. Even when it's not doing it accurately, like you pointed out, it's still doing it with a purpose. Mm-hmm. Which I I appreciate it. Yeah, and it's also not trying to establish like, oh, this is going to be the new, you know, Jason. Like, it, it, they're not they're not attempting that. No, because um, because it would fail regardless. You know, like yep. whenever you see these like um, shitty monster focused horror movies that come out that try to make you know some new monster the the next thing, uh, what like the Bye Bye Man or what you know, like just these dumb, you know, yeah, uh, and it. it, it they're just trash. So it's like, yeah, make the thing generic and don't make it the the focus. Right. And then like use that effort on the mythology and like exploring the the world that they live in, like what's actually going on there. Yeah. Which they do really well. I was um I'm not going to go into um deep spoilers here, but like I was surprised at some of the kills uh yes, in this first one. Yeah, there's one in particular of a uh, significant character towards the the end of the film. Yeah, I did not think that they, like, at that point I thought, like, everybody, like, most people were pretty much safe. Me too. Most and, of them. And, and the way that scene is set up, it, there's a struggle. Yes. Right? Yeah. And the way it's set up, you would think that the character would prevail in that struggle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when that doesn't happen, it's a real... It's a real surprise. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, like they, I read that they pushed for the R rating um, and they got it, which, you know, why not? It's Netflix. Sure. Yeah. Um, and that definitely, definitely helps because uh, they some really effective, uh, some pretty gruesome stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the right amount. It wasn't, it wasn't gratuitous. It wasn't, you know. No, definitely not. Um, it doesn't, when- it doesn't treat the characters like they're just like, you know, meat sacks to be, uh, you know dismembered no no not Um, at all and like when it does happen it's more effective because it doesn't happen often yeah yeah so that just makes it land harder Mm -hmm. so yeah Yeah, i I really enjoyed that that's why i wanted to bring it up Um, i'm glad mm -hmm. that you watched the first one okay because this this story is wild so i I feel like it it fits for for this show um why the hell not yeah okay so big brother uh, I guess I'll, I'll set up what Big Brother actually is, right? It's a, it's a, <laughs> it's a reality uh, competition show. It airs on CBS during the summer. Um, 16 people move into a house, and they live in this house. Uh, they're filmed around the clock. You can watch them uh, via you know live feeds that are streamed on the website. Um, can, so before you continue, I do have – this isn't 
a dead letter segment, but I got an interesting ad on my Twitter feed for Paramount Plus. Okay. Uh, exclusively on Paramount Plus. Watch the house guests 24-7 from every angle, plus the behind-the-scenes action and conversations in the Big Brother live feeds. Try it free. Um, yeah. Now, okay, you know, whatever. But I noticed uh, an interesting ratio. They had a lot of it had a lot of replies to it, and I was like, "That's interesting for a promoted tweet. Why does it have so many replies?" So I dove in. This happened. This happened this morning, by the way. Okay. Uh, uh, and this one says, "Watch the house guests five minutes at a time, then seven minutes of music continuously through the night." Truth in advertising, please. Well, yeah, that person's complaining about the fact that the live feeds have gone down quite a bit throughout this first week. Mm. Um. I should say, like, we're actually going to get into this a little bit, but BB Twitter, okay. BB Twitter is a big thing. Uh, oh, there's boy. a very large Big Brother community on Twitter. Um, but yeah, that that person's. I understand their their frustration with that. Like, you're trying you're trying to like sit down and watch the live feeds, and like just in the middle of a conversation, they'll they'll cut they'll cut away um, for various reasons. I think as the season goes along, that's probably going to be less and less. Um, because there are certain things that the people in the house just can't talk about and they're all new. So it's like, they're still getting adjusted to that and they have to cut the feeds a lot. Um, um LOL from two angles of two, two locations, but okay. Well, yeah, I mean, that's always been the case. They've, they've had just, just two main cameras, uh, going. Definitely scrubbing, whatever that means. I don't know what that is. Uh, <laughs> False advertising, not 24-7, not from every angle, no behind the scenes. No I mean, thanks, the awful host drove me away long ago. Okay, well, was that just you? Did you, did you bring not until Nope, not until the Chen bot is replaced. I just can't take her anymore. Alright, well, people like to complain. <laughs> Your app is terrible. Poach some coders from Disney Plus because yours are in over their heads. I mean, that's not a Big Brother's problem. That's a Paramount problem. That's like a CBS thing. All I've seen is dogs in a cage, and then in parentheses, literally, not metaphorically. Yeah, I can explain that one. Um, oh, okay. Oh, God. A- <laughs> I just thought that was, like, maybe racial. Okay. No, no, this is a literal thing. So when they... Jesus when, Christ. No, no, it's actually really good. Um, so when they... <laughs> <laughs> no, so, like, when they when the feeds uh, go down for... Uh, period of time like scheduled like they're doing like a competition that's going to air on the the actual broadcast right um so they'll they'll have the feed go out for hours at a time instead of like the usual be we'll be right back graphic they cut to this like pet adoption center oh my god and so you just you know they have like a what the sarah mclaughlin no no it's just literally (laughs) just a camera in in a in a place with the animals and you just they have the animals so it's on the puppy screen. The, the puppy bowl yeah but yes but it's just like okay you can adopt these uh you know adopt these uh pets through this place or whatever it's just like you know advertising for pet adoption which you know there's nothing wrong with that all i see is dogs in a cage yeah despite um, all my rage i'm still just a dog <laughs> in a cage okay I mean, anyway could, go ahead you Okay, uh, I just—it's just funny that I saw that this morning. Um, well, it's, it's funny because in my in my notes, uh, the first thing I put down was that the story here that I'm gonna go through is not going to 
um, change your perception of Big Brother whatsoever. <laughs> um, it's only going to reinforce it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so as I was saying about the show itself, the way it's structured, you have 16 people uh, go to live in a house. Um, one person gets evicted every week. And the way that eviction happens is there's a competition once a week, and the winner of that competition becomes the head of household. Right? So the head of household is basically in charge. They have the power and they choose who gets nominated, the two people that go up for, for nomination to be evicted. Right? Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yep. Um, so this season just started last week. So our first head of household was a farmer named Frenchie. And I actually forgot to look up where exactly he's from. I know he's from one of the southern states. Um I guess we don't really need to know, but yeah. So this guy is a farmer. His name is Frenchie. Okay. He's, he's from the South. Um, he's fitting that sort of character type that they cast pretty often of like the Southern, you know, the Southern guy with the accent. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yes. Um, the Southern himbo. Yes. Sure. Um, but there, there's something a little bit different about Frenchie, uh, according to Frenchie himself. Um, so he, he wins the, the head of household. He's got the power this week. He's kicking off the show. Um, and he says that he is a huge fan of Big Brother. He's been watching it for years. Um, he's such a big hardcore fan that he is actually a participant in BB Twitter, the, the Twitter community. Right. So he like he like knows all the ins and outs of like what fans want to see and, uh, you know, what they'll be rooting for, everything like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, he's he's had a household. He's got to make up his mind on who he's going to nominate to be evicted. Right. He doesn't have much to go off of because he's only just met these people. Uh, So he makes a declaration and, and a promise, multiple promises, actually. And he says that, uh, you know, he's been watching the show for years and he knows the the house guests that are typically targeted first to be evicted. Um, and those people usually end up being like the women or the people of color. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's he's spot on. That does happen a lot. It's not great. Um, it's not what you want to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, but hey, French, he's having none of it. Uh, he says that, uh, you know, not on my head of household week. It's it's not going to happen. There will be no woman on the block. There will be no person of color on the block. He actually sits down with all of the women in the house and promises okay. this them to their face. Um, and at this point, I'm on, you know, I'm on board. I'm Team Frenchie. Uh, I'm, sure. I'm, I'm on BB Twitter. I, I know where he comes from. Mm-hmm. So what he does say is that he's going to target the meathead jocks in the house. Um, okay. And, you know, I'm not I'm not a big fan of the term meathead, uh, especially when it's not applied properly, which it won't be in this case. Um, but he likes to use it a lot, like all the time. Uh, for, for Frenchie, a meathead is just anybody who is athletically built. Okay. Dude, that's isn't, it really, every, isn't it every dude that enters that house? For the most part. For the most part. Um, so yeah, he's he's going after the meathead jocks. And uh, he's going to get one out this week. 
and his so this main is like, so he's a Reddit nice guy is what you're telling me. He's 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 doing the the redhead nice guy, yeah. Reddit, not redhead. <laughs> that applies to. <laughs> so he's he's targeting the 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 meathead jocks. Um, he's the the Reddit nice guy. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Um, and and the the jock he has on his on his mind is uh, named Brent. Okay. Uh, Brent is, you know, he's, he, he there's fits always the, a Brent. There's always a Brent. He he fits the bill of the type of person that uh, that Frenchie wants to go after. So he set Brenchie's his target to 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 nominate to evict. Uh, this is like day two, by the way. And um, you know, things seem pretty solid for that plan. He even has a he, he gets a little bit extra here, where he w- when you nominate someone, you make a speech, you know, for the for the show. Yeah, like why you're nominating them and all that, and so what he's going to do is he's going to talk to Brent and he's going to ask for Brent's help in writing a nomination speech for him. Um, but then he's going to use that speech that Brent wrote on Brent. So you know it's a little what? So he's gonna he, he's gonna go up to Brent. He's gonna say, "Can you help me write a nomination speech for this week?" But Brent won't know that he's going to be the one that's that's nominated. Okay. Yeah. So then, but he then doesn't ask who he's nominating. No, this is just, I guess, like a general speech, which is all to okay. say that he is—he's—he's he's very set on targeting this guy. Yeah. Even though he hasn't really talked to him yet, like at all. Um, and in the course of writing this speech together, they realize they're in love. You know, you are spot on. Um, you really are. You, you nailed it. Uh, so what happens is Brent uh, has about, a, I don't know, I want to say 15, 20 minute conversation, a little sit down with Frenchie. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they, they, they talk about some some personal stuff, you know, share some stories about Brent, share some stories about his uh, his life outside of the house. And he just completely wins Frenchie over. <laughs> okay. So much that he went from ready to evict him to making uh what is called a final two deal oh my god in heaven where you find your person that you're going to be with through for the rest of the game and you basically are like you know what we're in this together we're going to make this all the way to the final two um and this i'm not exaggerating when i say this was not more than a half hour conversation (laughs) really incredible stuff uh to see um I guess kudos to Brent in a way uh, for for he didn't even know that he was like in danger. Uh, right. You know, nobody is the second he's just, day. He's just talking. He's just he's just out. talking. Yeah, he's just talking. Yeah. Um, and he just wins them over. They're best friends. <laughs> um, so now Frenchie needs a, a new target. Mm-hmm. Um, his other meathead is named Christian. And when I say meathead, this is all his his words, not mine. Yeah, this is because these, the these dudes are just yeah. they're they're in shape. Yeah, <laughs> that's really all it is. Um, so his next his next uh, target is this guy named Christian. Uh, but unfortunately, Christian wins a uh, a safety competition, mm-hmm. so he, he can't be targeted. Mm-hmm. So Frenchie is uh, he's he's running out of dudes. He's running out of meatheads. Yeah, unfortunately. But not really, because there's still some other like white guys that he could nominate if he wanted of to. Of course, if yeah. he wants to, because he made this declaration on his own that he was not right. 
you know, targeting any women, no people of color. So uh, to speed up a little bit, uh, we get to the nomination ceremony and uh, who ends up on the nomination block is Alyssa. <laughs> Which um, sounds like a sounds like a woman's name to me. It does. It does. <laughs> and um, Kyland, who is a black man. Oh, oh, uh, mm. Mm. so he had nominated huh. both a woman and a person of color. Oh, actually, two people of color because Alyssa is a, a Latina woman. That's a three for two deal. Right? It's a three for two deal. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's yeah. a special. Yeah. Uh, so everyone's like, "What the fuck? <laughs> like, what is happening?" Oh, Frenchie. Um. Yeah. So that happens. Uh, t- BB Twitter. Uh, I don't think Frenchie is welcome on BB Twitter after, ever again after he gets out of the house. I wouldn't. Because, I wouldn't think so. Uh, one of the major like uh, Twitter accounts that update you know on Big Brother information, they they run a, a constant poll on like fan favorites. They rank one through sixteen. Frenchie's sure. been a solid number sixteen throughout the entire week. Nice. Um, just at the the bottom of that list where he belongs. Um. So yeah, he's best friends with Brent, the meathead. He thinks in Frenchie's mind, he thinks this is going to make for a great story on the show because it's like he came in with this. Uh, assumption about how this person would be, you know? Mm-hmm. I and, love dudes that try to play producer. Oh, I know. It's great. It's great. Um, but then he met him and he got to know him. And it turns out they had a lot in common. Yeah. You know what? Uh, nobody gives a shit. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> but this gets worse. Um, this gets worse, believe it or not, because. We learn a little bit about Frenchie's his, like his his uh, history. Oh, um, and it, you know he's talked about being bullied in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, he's had some some rough experiences. Uh, people that have bullied him, if it seems like they've sort of fallen under that you know quote unquote meathead jock type of persona. Mm, okay. So you know it doesn't doesn't take like a professional you know like psychologist to to really come to the conclusion that it's not that he hates the meatheads the athletic jock type it's just that he's never been accepted by them and now he is and now he is and at the very first chance that he had he got right in with them which is really rough um and it also can lead you to kind of assume that his whole like declaration of I don't want to see any minorities or women targeted and I want to work with them and go far with them in the game comes from like a place of what he thought was necessity mm-hmm. and not like any actual like concern about social issues. Yeah. And it really feels like a, a case of like performative like advocacy oh completely um, I, I could have told you that whenever he uh said it in the first place said said it out loud and had to meet with all the women yes he could have he could have just done it he could have just for without sure. ne- without needing to make a show of it and 100%. then he made a show of it and then didn't do it either 100 <laughs> percent. 
especially after last season, um, which I wasn't going to talk about this, but it, it fits. Uh, last season was a, an All-Stars Big Brother season. And uh, one of the fan favorites came back and, and he sort of like soured his reputation because, well, he's a white guy, right? Mm-hmm. And he ended up in a scenario where um, two um, black women were going to be potentially like targeted to be evicted. And he felt responsible for that, or so he says. And so he made this whole like crying speech where he's like, you know what? I'm just going to take myself out of this game. I, I feel so guilty about this and you guys deserve like the opportunity to like excel in this game. So I'm just going to self of it. And okay. uh, instead of one of you going home, I'm going to go home. I'm going to self evict, and I'm going to convince the head of household to, to do that for me. Um, and there's nothing you can do to change my mind about that. Cause I'm, I'm set on it. Uh, cut to two days later, he apparently has a conversation with the producers and he is not self evicting. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and one of those two women are going home. Um, so that was that was bad. Um, that was really bad. Uh, that that caused the fan base to really turn on him, and, and rightfully so. Um, whether his intentions were like really like whether, whatever his intentions were at the outset of that whole thing, you know, where it ended up was not a good look. Mm-hmm. And so this guy just like he's doing the same thing. Right. He's doing the same thing. Um, I mean, it, it's been a disaster even even outside of that. Like, this guy, this Frenchie guy has had, like, six different people that he's named trying to get out in this first week. Um, <laughs> he, uh, man. Like, it's a whole thing. I really just wanted to get into that aspect of it because it's, it's pretty sickening. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, oh, that's right. So uh, Alyssa was, I, I mentioned Alyssa is the, the woman that's sitting on the block. Right. The reason that she's there, like why her, right? Like there's eight, there's eight women in the house. Mm-hmm. Why her? Well, the reason is that uh, Frenchie is also, you know, with his, his BB Twitter background, he is a, uh, the showman's killer. Self, uh, self-proclaimed uh-huh. showman's killer because he okay. sees that. The people on Twitter, they don't like when there's romance in the house. Uh-huh. You know, they just, they, they want the game. They want the strategy. They don't want any of that romance stuff. Uh-huh. So Frenchie's there. He's, he's, he's going to kill that. He's going to, he's any, any romance, he's going to sniff it out and he's going to put an end to it. So, uh. <laughs> he sounds like a friggin' Reddit incel. Yeah. So, so what happens with Alyssa, uh, they're playing in teams. Like they've been designated teams. And uh, so Alyssa's on the team with uh, Christian. So Alyssa and Christian are on the same team. And uh, they, you know, they've just had it. This is still day two, I should add. Mm-hmm. Um, really day one and a half, honestly. Um, like they got in the night before and like this is all happening the next day. Um, so Christian and Alyssa are on the same team. And they've like maybe had a couple conversations. Like they've joked around a little bit. Because, like, you're in a house together. Mm-hmm. And then you're also sharing the room together because it's the, the room that your teammates are in. Yeah. And I think Christian might have made a passing comment to somebody saying that, oh, yeah, she's, you know, she's my type. <laughs> okay. That's it? 
And so from that information, the showman's killer comes on the scene. Yeah. And he's like, well, I'm not having this. These guys are super, these two, they're super close. They are, they're about to get engaged, apparently. He's like got the ruler at the school dance. Yeah. Yeah, he's got the ruler at the school dance, you know, six six feet yeah. for the for, for for Jesus or whatever. Um and uh Okay, it also but he also could have put up the dude. Well, Christian, that's that's what happened. So Christian saved himself. Oh he, right. He won right, a safety right, competition. Right, right, right. All right. Um are you not paying attention to, to this story? Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all right. But um yeah, so Christian saved himself, so he put Alyssa up because Christian made a passing comment that she was hot. That's the reason that Alyssa is facing potential eviction. Meanwhile, all they do is find attractive singles. Totally. For the show. Yes. It's just so misogynistic. It's it's just it's it's horrendous. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's horrendous. This Frenchie guy is one of, if not the worst, um people that I've like house guest players that I've seen on the show. Don't worry, milady. I will keep you safe. Yeah. I will send you out of this dangerous house. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's brutal. And now, and now, luckily, there are some updates to this. Uh, Alyssa did not, was not evicted. Um, Kylan, the other person on the block, was not evicted. There was a, a third nominee that came up later in the week, and they, they're gone. Um, mm. So that, that's good for them, because they had no business mm. being on the block. Yeah. Uh, there's also a new person in power now, and hopefully they will be making some better moves but it was it was quite a week it was quite a week <laughs> um and, and like uh, you know a lot of a lot of time is spent talking about this frenchy guy because he's just so ridiculous mm-hmm. but the show has made good strides for like representation this year um they have hit finally hit the mark of 50 percent people of color on the cast which is nice. It only took. Uh, it only took twenty years. Twenty years, yeah. Um. So there's that. It's a great cast overall. There's a lot of really good personalities. A lot of people that really shine like on the screen, and they're interesting to watch on the live feeds. Um, unfortunately, you do have somebody like Frenchie who is just a lunatic, um, <laughs> and is doing all the wrong things. But uh, mm-hmm. my hope is that he won't be around for much longer. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to give that update. <laughs> I thought it was worth it. You probably thought differently, but I, I oh, wanted, to, I wanted Frenchie. to share it. Yeah, Frenchie. I mean, I, I, I was going to go into the fact that he also, uh, <laughs> two days ago, he went and and gathered up a bunch of women together, and he's like, "We should make an all women's alliance, but with me in it." Oh my God, he really is the Reddit nice guy. And um, so he did that, and uh, none of the women. You know, I'm something of a feminist myself. (laughs) My God, dude! But what's amazing about this? uh, Well, there's a couple things. One is that the the name of this alliance, because they name alliances, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The name of this one is the French Kisses. Oh my God. Uh, so that that's bad. And then also, what also makes no sense here is that he went and made this alliance with all these women. None of these women, like they're all going to humor him, because you don't yeah. say no to an alliance. He he won't let the women say no. Oh no, <laughs> that's not what I meant. I meant that like in the Big Brother house, if somebody approaches you with an alliance, you just you say yes, even if you don't mean it. 
Yeah. Um, that's just part of the game. Cause like, why would you say no? Um, but he created this alliance with these women and they went along with it just to appease him in the moment. And then like 10 minutes later, he went and told people that the women all had an alliance together and they just roped him in. Oh my god. So he threw them all under the bus at the same time. Man, these broads, let me tell you. <laughs> I'm laughing, but it's just it's horrendous. It is oh it is Oh my god. And this is like it hurts because this guy says he's like this hardcore fan of the show. Yeah, yeah. And he's just wreaking havoc on like he's just doing everything that's wrong with the show. Um ay, ay, ay. Oh yeah, it's it's rough. But uh, yeah, he's out of power now, and uh, hopefully it'll stay that way. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing other people uh, take take control here. <laughs> but yeah, so I was gonna I was gonna name this this one time segment um, the Frenchie Dispatch. <laughs> oh my and and that was the, that was the Frenchie Dispatch. So so I'm done with that now. <laughs> This is this is this is funny. This coming up again. Do you? Because I was talking to my brother about this. Do you remember French Stewart? French Stewart. Yeah. Did you ever watch Third Rock from the Sun? Uh, no. Oh. No. Well, French Stewart was an actor. Uh, he had very tiny little eyes. Okay. It was very. It was very funny. Uh, anyway, he was in Third Rock from the Sun. You want to talk about '90s? Third Rock from the Sun was some '90s ass shit. Uh, yeah, see, I told you I'm a, I'm a 2000s kid. I, I don't know. I guess so. Uh, if anybody out there remembers Third Rock from the Sun, <laughs> hit me up. I want to get into Third Rock from the Sun discourse. What's it streaming on? Is it streaming on Peacock? Like, where is it? Oh, I have no idea where the hell Third Rock from the Sun is. <laughs> yeah. It's probably, it was probably on Quibi. Yeah. Uh, Did you see that Quibi got like a bunch of, not a bunch, but it got a handful of Emmy nominations from the grave? God. It's apparently pretty goddamn easy to get an Emmy nomination. Uh, yeah. They'll just hand them out like uh, like chocolates. Um, God. But yeah. They're right from the sun. Send, send me French Stewart pics at video at Danro.co. <laughs> I want to look at his tiny little eyes. Okay, here's a question for you. Yeah. Would you purchase a French Stewart NFT? You know. And if so, how much? Uh, yeah, mm, French Stewart NFT. You know, I might. Because it would be very funny. It's just a <laughs> JPEG. Very, just a JPEG. Yeah. yeah. If it was, yeah, I might. I might. <laughs> <laughs> just if you, There's something about him. You just look at him and it's just. You just smile. He's just a he's just a fun just a fun guy. I'm gonna have to um, look him up. Yeah, if French Stewart's been canceled, this is gonna be. Oh no. Um, I don't think so. I I think he's been out of the uh, spotlight long enough. Um. And also, yeah, when he your does name's... have very he's very squinty. Yeah, he's got very small eyes. Yeah. 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 What he's a from, treasure! Uh, he's from Albuquerque. Yeah. And he French played... Stewart is a national treasure. Have you ever seen the CBS sitcom Mom? I have not. He, no. played a, he played a chef on that on that show. Oh. Yeah. Good for him. By the way, he's his name is Milton French Stewart the Fourth. See that that's royalty. <laughs> that's royalty. And also, did you know 
that uh, he was he played Inspector Gadget. I did. I did. Wait, was he was with, he the Inspector Gadget? He was the Inspector Gadget. Oh, I know this guy. Yeah, I know this guy. I thought he was in Inspector Gadget, but he was the Inspector Gadget. He was the Inspector Gadget. Oh, of French course. Stewart. I've got like a French Stewart action figure somewhere in my closet. Yeah, yeah, see? There we go. Cool. I think everybody needs a French Stewart action figure. I think so. I think so. I should probably display that somewhere. It's, it shouldn't be right? just sitting in, in a closet. Yeah. Like, fuck these Funko Pops. You need a French Stewart. But you, would, you, would, you, would, you would buy a Funko French Stewart Pop, though. Like, in an instant. I don't... No, see, like, the Funko Pops... Their eyes are too big. By design. I mean, it's their entire head, though. Right. I don't think it works for French Stewart. Yeah. You're right. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. It's a good point. All right. We got to get out of here. Okay. Yeah. Before we. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Uh, you can follow me everywhere at Dead End Road. Uh, check out the Facebook, Dead End Road. Dot, oh, shit. Facebook.com slash Dead End Road TV. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Dead End Road TV. Check out the website. I finally posted a uh, Galaxy Tab S7 Plus review if you're looking for a tablet. Uh, the thing's awesome. I use it every day. Um, so check that out at deadendroad.co. Uh, that's probably all I got to plug. Yeah, and um, I just wanted to plug. Uh, you can find me on uh, BB Twitter. Yeah, check it out. Yeah, but not BBW Twitter because uh, that's a different thing. Oh, yeah. No, we don't, um, we don't want that. <laughs> all right. Uh, we'll see you next week with more bullshit. Uh, take it easy. So I'm assuming BBW Twitter is, is bad, right? Oh, wait. <laughs> I was just like, we don't want that. I thought it was like some like Blue Lives Matter or some shit. <laughs> Cut the last second off. <laughs> now I'm the misogynistic one. God damn. Yeah.